everybody. Welcome to the podcast. We're so excited today. We are here to talk about the summer box office, the the hits, the flops. We're going to talk about it all. It's going to be really fun. I'm Rachel and Corrado is here. Whoop, whoop. I'm ready here. Ready to talk. Yes. <laughs> it's been quite the summer. And uh, and yeah, we're here to talk about the the box office. It's been really interesting and it's been kind of uh, we 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 predicted some things correctly in our in our prediction but other stuff we i don't think anybody predicted right <laughs> so it's it's going to be interesting to talk about it and uh yeah so uh, how do you feel about the summer as far as the movie season in general um Okay, so we were just talking off mic that I've actually had a pretty busy summer, so I haven't seen as many movies as I wanted to. Mm-hmm. That being said, most of the big movies, and I think we mentioned this when we were doing our predictions back a months ago, uh, didn't seem that exciting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the movies that ended up in the top 10, I haven't seen, and partially because they got bad reviews and partially because it just didn't seem interesting to me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I've actually had a pretty disappointing movie year so far. We can get into that later. But most of the movies, there's been very few movies that I truly loved and like truly, mm-hmm. you know, been into this year. Yeah, it's been a little bit of a a year where I think you've had to kind of work to find the the gems. I don't know. I mm-hmm. I there's been you know some things that I've liked more than most people, but I don't know. It's just, it's been a weird, weird year uh, for the movies for me. And I think that, uh, that a lot of it, I feel kind of like I personally will talk about uh, Avengers Endgame a little bit, but I personally feel almost like that movie was so well done in my opinion, as far as a blockbuster as far as the big thing that it kind of sucked all the 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 air out of the room i don't know like i just feel like nothing's able to be uh only one movie in my opinion as far as a blockbuster has been able to compare with it yeah box office wise and in terms Certainly. of people going to see it it just seems so huge that mm-hmm. nothing yeah like you say nothing's being able to compete yeah. and i just want to say a little caveat like I said that I've, it's been a disappointing year for me so far but like I said I haven't seen nearly as many movies as I usually do mm-hmm. uh, because I've been so busy yeah um and so yeah I just want to throw that out there yeah and we didn't count Endgame in our list that we did uh we talked about it of course in the preview but because it was an April movie we just kind of felt like we're gonna start at the beginning of may that's what box office mojo does mm-hmm. and uh, some standards yeah <laughs> uh but i like i said i i thought it was great i saw it three times i thought it was such a satisfying conclusion for this you know tw- 21 movie saga and i i really thought it was such a satisfying way for uh for iron man and for captain america to go out i i just i thought it was emotional i thought it was epic i absolutely loved like avengers assemble that whole thing was amazing i thought it was funny i thought it 
I don't know. I just loved it. I thought it was incredible. And so I, I, I just, I think that the Russos have just done such an incredible job uh, with this whole series, you know, with the, their part in the series. And I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I loved it. I so. kind of agree with you. Surprisingly, I'm not a huge fan of those movies, but I got to say, maybe not as enthusiastically as you, but I, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed that movie. And I was really surprised mm-hmm. that they managed to make me feel like having sat through all those movies, most of which I didn't love was worth it somehow, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it almost made me wish that some of the other movies had been as much better than, than they were so that I could like go back and enjoy rewatching them, which mm-hmm. I probably won't do, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, but I, I, yeah, I can, I, it was a big uh, payoff that was actually more satisfying for me than getting there, which is, I guess, a big theme this summer with also with Game of Thrones, which was such a disaster, the final season. Yeah. Um, so it was an interesting comparison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was really, really cool. And so let's talk about the top 10 of the summer box office. And then we'll talk about our lists at the same time and how they compared, how we did as far as our predictions. Yes. So, all right. The number 10, and this was a surprise as far as our uh, lists, I think. Uh, It was Godzilla King of the Monsters number 10 and this movie uh made domestic uh 110 million dollars and i hated it i thought it was terrible and granted like monster movies typically aren't my thing it kind of has to be really well done and this was not uh it was so was what was disappointing to me is that i didn't even feel like it had good spectacle it was so cloudy and rainy you couldn't see what was going on it was edited so badly there was all this they would just be going from this extreme close-ups to so you couldn't you couldn't actually get that on spectacle of you know these two dinosaurs basically these two monsters fighting each other because there was because the the shot selection was so bad and i i uh, the mm. plot was terrible and you have all these great actors just trying to make something out of it and i thought Kyle Chandler did a good job but it was Vera Farmiga's part was terrible and uh, it, it, i i just thought it was awful i hated it mm. and it's uh, I have it in my ranking for the year uh, at uh, at 96 out of 100. So it wow. was, I really, 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 really disliked it. <laughs> and oh, yeah, and I, I was watch, watching it and I thought, oh, this just feels like a Transformers movie. Mm-hmm. And I was not surprised at all when I came home and I saw that the cinematographer and the editor both worked on the transformers movies so yeah okay anyway so it was really bad yeah i didn't see it i saw only the sort of extended imax sort of trailer yeah that was a bit of a preview right it was like a scene from the movie basically Uh uh-huh um 
And I don't know if they changed any shots or if it's exactly how it's in the movie, but that seemed pretty uh, badly done to me. Exactly mm-hmm. what you're saying. Like, it was so dark and the rain, uh, you couldn't see anything. The shots were moving all around. Like, the, you know, it was totally disorienting and there, it, there wasn't building. Mm-hmm. Um, at the moment, I thought maybe this is just for a trailer thing, but um, it seems like it was for the actual movie based on what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, that was my opinion uh, on it. That's for sure. So, yeah, it ended up at number 10. So that was a pretty big, uh, pretty big loss for the, that, uh, I forget which studio it was, but it's a problem. Yeah, Warner Brothers. Warner but, Brothers. Um, where did you have it? I had it at number eight. So not yeah. too distant, but I had it making 180, which it definitely is not going to go that high. It's at 110 now, and it probably won't make much more. Yeah, I had it at five uh, in, yeah. my, in my predictions. So... Yeah, it's an interesting yeah. thing. Uh, so, so you and I think a lot of people thought it was going to be one of the big hits of the summer. So do you think it's just because it was so bad that it didn't do nearly as well as people thought? Or do you think there's something else? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's the only, it's hard to say. Uh, that, I think because Aladdin was so big that it kind of took some of that audience away from what, because Godzilla wasn't great but also because people really enjoyed Aladdin. Uh, I think that that's part of it, but cause I think they did a pretty good job marketing the movie and that, which is kind of an interesting thing to talk about because it seems like marketing has become almost, it's, I guess you, every once in a while you have a movie like Deadpool that the marketing really is pretty, pretty brilliant and effective, but I don't know. Sometimes it seems like, uh, that people are just going to see what they're going to see. And it almost is like, what's the point of spending all this money on the marketing? But I don't know. I felt like they did a pretty good job marketing the film. Uh, but I, I don't know. People also were just kind of uh, fatigued uh, with, with big blockbuster. I don't know. Uh, but it, it's an interesting thing. I don't, uh, it's a, I, I'm surprised it didn't do better yeah for sure i guess so i i yeah i would have expected it to do at least a little better but everything is underperforming this summer yeah other even some of the disney movies but you know disney is the only one who's surviving and then there's like maybe a couple indies that have done a little well given you know their budgets but right it's been mostly disappointing in the box office Mm -hmm. i guess yeah that's true all right. Well, at number nine in the uh, box office was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood from Quentin Tarantino. So he had a pretty right. good hit uh, for himself. And uh, this was one neither of us had on our list. Yeah. Uh, was it maybe as, one of my, yeah, my dark horse, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, cause I think I was going off of the uh, Hateful Eight, which was just, you know, underperformed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's why I didn't have it as a dark horse, but uh, mm-hmm. it turned out to be a pretty, pretty good little hit. Yeah. Maybe one of the few non-Disney movies that's actually done pretty well for itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and kind of after the Hateful Eight, I agree. It's a bit of a return for Tarantino to like, you know, not just box office success, but also sort of critical success. I think most critics really like it and it seems like it's gonna play uh, pretty well and go try to go and get some Oscars and things like that. Mm-hmm. So 
definitely yeah, a hit for him. It made $114 million. And I actually saw it. Uh, it's only my second uh, Tarantino film that I've seen. And because I'm trying now that I'm trying to become, you know, a full-time critic to see things that I wouldn't have seen before. Uh, mm-hmm. And I liked it fine. I it, I thought the performances were really good and certainly looked really good. And it was interesting enough. I thought that uh, Julia Butters, uh, the little girl, I thought she, her part oh, was, she was great. Chilly. Yeah, she's on American Housewife, which is such a good show. It's such a funny show. I love it. And uh, so she did great. And overall, I enjoyed it. I, I did think that it had so much time spent driving and walking and, <laughs> and flying. And I'm just like, okay, we get it. You liked this car. You like Brad Pitt driving that car. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. But, uh, and yeah, the ending is really a lot, but I, I don't know. I thought it was so over the top that it didn't really personally bother me i i thought it you mean the violence yeah it was so ridiculous uh you got flamethrowers and stuff Mm -hmm. that i don't know i thought it was Hmm. i was fine with it yeah yeah i had a good time i actually surprisingly wrote about it in my blog because i have a big theory about how it's uh really one of the very few tarantino movies that's actually very personal about his life and feels like he's Mm -hmm. trying to you know wrestle with the fact that he's getting old and maybe being you know left behind by the younger generations you know he used to be such a like the cool hip filmmaker back when he started out and now he's becoming a bit of an old guy and you know past his prime some Mm -hmm. people could say um and i think he's trying to investigate that with you know the leonardo dicaprio character and brad pitt and you know these aging hollywood figures um yeah I enjoyed it a lot. I, I agree with you. I think Leo and Brad Pitt are both given great performances in the movie. I think they're some of the best work they've ever done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they're really, really good. And yeah, overall, I, I, thought it was, I thought it was entertaining. Once upon a time in Hollywood, I have a 53 in my ranking. So then in uh, eighth place, we had Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. And I, I enjoyed this. I thought it was, uh, it's very over the top, ridiculous, but I don't know. It's still fun. I thought it was fun. I enjoyed it. And I, uh, Vanessa Kirby was really good as Jason Statham's sister. She did a great job. <laughs> uh, and I, I think that the rock and Jason Statham had nice chemistry and it, it, it's it's it was a fun time at the movies i don't know if i'll ever watch it again or anything like that but i had a good time watching it uh i had it in my ranking predictions at uh number eight number seven i did it at a number seven yeah and i think i did too oh yeah and i ended up at number eight so not too shabby although pretty close uh yeah it got 133 million dollars which was maybe for that for this franchise was uh maybe a it's little slow. yeah a little bit slow uh it's, it, it's low uh, for the franchise yeah yeah it's total 
$438 million worldwide. And so it is even worldwide. It's not as well as the last uh, Fast and Furious. So it'd be, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, if uh, they, because the next one will be back to the, uh, to the main various nine and kind of what they do. So, I yeah, mean. it's worth saying that the movie's still open and it'll probably make you know uh, a couple yeah. millions more. Probably, I my guess is it'll probably get to 150 or thereabouts. I have Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw at 36 in my ranking so there we go out of how many movies have you seen 100 so i've seen 100 oh, this year clean 100 that's nice 100 yeah i know at the as far as feature feature films mm-hmm. i've of course seen a lot more for tv when you include tv movies uh but okay so next up was detective pikachu and this movie made 144 million dollars and we both had it uh higher i had it well no i had it at number eight mm-hmm. uh, so i actually was right pretty on close. yeah i totally overshot with detective pikachu yeah. i thought because the trailer was looked so good and because i could feel the excitement around the people uh, you know and the people around me i thought that was going to be like the surprise breakout hit of the summer making like 400 million or something um, I think the movie just wasn't strong enough for most people. I think mm-hmm. a lot, I think, I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. I think the effects are great and it looks good. And the uh, um, Pikachu is a great, funny character. I just feel like it was like towards the end, maybe a little too much plot, a little too confusing, too much Pokemon lore. I don't know. It just didn't connect the way I thought it would. Yeah, I I liked, I gave it fresh. It's a 66 in my ranking. I gave it fresh, but just barely fresh. I, I thought that the story wasn't great, and, but I thought that, yeah, it did look cool enough, and I thought that that Pikachu was cute enough. Overall, I enjoyed it, but it, yeah, the story, I think, could have been better. Yeah I, yeah, I think it could have. I hope they do a sequel, because I feel like they could do cool stuff in that world and yeah. i really did enjoy seeing all these pokemon um bulbasaur my, was my favorite um it's currently my favorite for best supporting actor of the year is bulbasaur amazing <laughs> um yeah 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 so yeah i hope they make some more because I, I think there's potential there i think so too yeah do we know how it did internationally did it do better uh let me see so it uh made uh, 287,000 foreign uh, total box office, 431 yeah, million dollars. Not, not what I would have expected. Uh, yeah. Pokemon is such a strong brand overseas that I am a little surprised it didn't do better. I would have expected it to. Yeah. Um, okay, so next up is The Secret Life of Pets 2. This is the one that I overshot in my predictions. I, I added it at number two. Uh, just because of how strong the first one was, how good the illumination is at usually marketing things, and also because I just figured people love their dogs and their cats, people would want to see it. And uh, it 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 what is so brilliant about illumination is they almost guarantee success in every movie 
because their budgets are so small that it doesn't matter if something underperforms, they make a lot of money. And it's such a well-run company. I just, amazing. Uh, because the, the budget for the Secret Life of Pets uh, was $80 million. So even yeah. though they... It sounds like a lot, but it's not for animated movies. No, it's not. And uh, so they you know, ha- ended up gross. They ended up with worldwide $401 million dollars. So they still made a ton of money off of a movie that definitely underperformed and did way, uh, way less than uh, their, their previous, you know, most of their previous. I mean, it's, it's down in uh, one of their lowest of their, their films. And so I don't know. I just, I I think that's really impressive. (laughs) I I wish that, yeah, I I wish that more studios were so well run because I think that it would give us the ability to, I don't know, they just, you have, you'd be able to have more creative freedom sometimes because they wouldn't be tied to this like insane budgets. Right. But my question then is, does Illumination show any of that creative freedom? Because I feel like their movies are not very risky in that sense. They're so focused on the, economics part of it i don't really can't i can't think of an elimination movie that seems daring to me in any no. particular way you know like in a sort of like a spider-verse or even mm-hmm. i don't know some yeah other stuff. even the hotel transylvania movies have been done on some weird stuff right yeah no i agree even uh like blue sky studios i think they've taken way more risk as far as i mean i love the peanuts movie but but even uh, mm-hmm. you know movies like Epic or uh, that you know were artistically ambitious, and so it's it's true. Uh, but I don't know. It's just I just they're I feel like they should give classes on how to <laughs> how, to, how to make money. <laughs> Amazing. But uh, but yeah. anyway, yeah, I liked the movie. I thought it was cute. I it's not like the greatest thing I've ever seen, but I. I thought it was cute. I it's kind of it felt like uh three episodes of a television show mixed hmm. together uh with like a thin kind of carryover between the three little plots and I didn't have a problem with that. That was fine with me. Uh I thought that two of the plots worked better than uh the third plot. Uh my favorite was particularly uh this uh little dog gidget that gets lessons on how to become a cat in order to uh to 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 save this this toy anyway it was it was cute in my opinion and uh so i i have it at 48 on my ranking uh for the year okay so next up in the rank in the box office was john wick chapter three parabellum so this was a pretty great hit for for them. Uh, they have 170 million dollars uh, for Lionsgate. Uh, it was a, a pretty big hit. Yeah, it was a it was a really big hit for them, and surprising also. I would say the, the one of the few movies of the summer of that size that did not underperform, but actually overperform in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And crazy that the third movie in a franchise it's now you know crossing into the 100 million with 170 
um, based on a movie that it seemed back when it came out, the first John Wick, seemed like a throwaway Keanu Reeves, like little thriller, you know? Mm-hmm. Now it's like all this whole big franchise that people are really into it. And because they actually really like the movies. I don't know. It feels like this weird thing mm-hmm. that almost never happens now, which is a franchise that was made into a franchise because people actually wanted it to be one and not because the studio decided that it should be one, you know? Right. Like nowadays we get so many like things that come ready to be franchised and this is exactly the opposite. I feel like right. that's really exciting even if I... Um, I do enjoy the John Wick movies, but I have my issues with them too. Mm-hmm. Um, I I didn't see this one because I hadn't seen the other two and I just didn't have time to catch up. And uh, so I, I'm going to try to find time sometime this year, try to do it, but I don't know. It might not be till the next one comes out. Then I'll finally watch all four. I, I don't know. I just... I, it was just a, it wasn't something that interests me for in the first and second and i so that's why i hadn't seen seen them uh but i, I need to like i said i've been trying to kind of catch up on things uh, and see outside of my normal interests mm-hmm. uh, since i trying to become an actual film critic uh since i became on Rotten tomatoes in january so um yeah you probably made the right choice not seeing it without having seen the previous two i don't know how that would play out it's since yeah. the movies have this really weird mythology and complicated stuff to them right um, so there we go so john wick chapter three okay so number four we have aladdin which was a much bigger hit than i'm sure disney thought that i mean i think they thought it was gonna do well but i don't think anybody saw this movie making over a billion dollars worldwide it was a huge hit and uh it uh i had it at number six and you had it at number five yeah Uh, so yeah it was a hard one to predict i think this is the 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 movie that shows Disney's strength at the moment yeah. um, at the box office, just because on paper, one would think an Aladdin movie would make a billion dollars worldwide. It was just the trailers and the fact that it didn't look like it was going to be so good that had people worried about that. But it turns out that the the brand and the power of the animated movie was strong enough for it to mm-hmm. perform like, you know, it should have. Mm-hmm. yeah and i was honestly 50 50 on it i i thought that will smith when he was doing his not genie stuff uh not blue genie was actually quite charming in in the role i i i i thought that there was some funny parts there and i actually liked all the casting i thought was uh was charming i liked the guy who played aladdin jasmine uh but i except for jafar i hated jafar so much uh but i just felt like they sapped a lot of the humor out of uh, out of the rest of the stuff and i kind of just wish they hadn't even done the original song the original songs because i didn't think those really worked that well uh and uh, it just felt like kind of a like a cruise ship version of aladdin 
because uh, even the Broadway musical, they replaced the Robin Williams jokes with like new jokes, like contemporary jokes. And so I thought that's what they were going to do, but then they didn't. And so it just kind of came off as sort of flat and hmm. not funny. Like you, uh, friend in me, uh, which is so funny. Uh, didn't really, it wasn't funny. And, uh, and Rob, uh, and uh will smith trying to sing broadway just was not great and yeah they're saying it's so interesting because disney has had such success on broadway not just with money but also creatively with these musicals and now that they're doing all these live action movies they just refuse to bring anything from those broadway shows that they know are successful you know know. same thing with lion king like the broadway show has these like great songs that people love from yeah. you know that are not in the original movie but they don't bring them to the new movie either and that's just weird mm-hmm. i yeah it's really weird they had a new song for jasmine uh called speechless written by pasik and paul uh who i love their music but it just felt so out of place uh mm-hmm. and it just didn't fit into them making um right. ashman music uh, rice you know music uh, uh to me at all it felt it felt really even though it's sung actually very well uh she's a really good singer uh so you know i didn't hate it uh it's right in my like my cutoff as far as movies that i uh gave fresh to is uh velvet buzzsaw at 67 <laughs> uh and that that's my i went fresh on it just barely uh and I have Aladdin at 68. So I barely oh, went okay. rotten on it. Barely. I see. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I was 50-50 on it. Uh, I didn't hate watching it, but I couldn't in the end recommend it. Fair enough. Yeah. So, all right. Then we have Spider-Man Far From Home at three. And this uh, was, of course, technically a Sony release, but part of the MCU uh so it's kind of interesting situation uh it made 376 million dollars uh and 1.1 billion dollars worldwide and i i I personally didn't really care for it i i am in the minority on that uh i had a 78 in my ranking I, i i liked all the teenage stuff but I personally didn't like Mysterio as a villain. His plan was very convoluted to me. It wasn't the, the way they tied in Tony. I didn't care for, I don't know. It just wasn't, wasn't my favorite. Hmm. Uh, it would definitely be lower tier Marvel for me, MCU for me. Uh, and I thought it was certainly a step down from Spider-Verse, but I thought homecoming was much better, but I know I'm in the minority on that. Uh, did you, you, you go see this one? No, I didn't get to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it sounds kind of like how I felt about Homecoming, which is I like the teenage stuff, but not so much the superhero um, stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, seems to be continuing that trend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I, you know, like Homecoming, though, I really liked the villain uh, with Michael Keaton, uh, but I don't know. I just, I just, it was just too... I don't want to spoil it, but there was just too many aspects that I didn't care for. But, uh, uh, but yeah, I had it predicted at 
uh, number three, three which yeah. is what it is. So well done. <laughs> you so far you're doing uh, better than me technically because you mm. had both Spider-Man and Hobbs and Shaw in the right positions. I only had oh true. Uh, I only had Secret Life of Pets. Yeah, and the only one that I have on my list that didn't end up making the top 10 i guess we'll maybe we'll talk about that later but was rocket man but it was 11 so it was pretty close on that so it was a pretty right. healthy hit uh so all right uh then we have toy story 4 and mm. i was a little bit unsure i ended up i had this at number four in my ranking you had it at number, had three. number three yeah so we're pretty close i guess on that uh it ended up making 424 million dollars domestic and one point uh, or one million just over one billion dollars worldwide so yeah. huge hit yeah 424 not too far i i had it at 357 so it's not too far from what it actually mm-hmm. made and i mean it's still playing so maybe it'll you know, get to 425, 426 or something um, because it's been out for a while. But um, yeah, um, this is a movie that I actually saw unlike mm-hmm. most of the movies on this yeah. list. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love this movie. I actually have it a number one right now for the year. I thought it was just so oh, wow. great. I loved the ending that they gave for Woody. I, 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 I felt like it, after I left, I, I felt like that Toy Story 3 to me was the perfect ending for Andy, but to me, Toy Story 4 was the perfect ending for Woody. And it, it, there's the sort of this cycle of these toys getting played with and then getting forgotten and getting played with and getting forgotten. And I think you needed for this character of Woody, you needed a way for him to be kind of, because these characters never die. Like they, they can be repaired. They can lose limbs, you know, like they're, they're sort of these weird weird sentient creatures when you really think about it and you needed a place for him to end where he was not going to be in that cycle for the rest of his life and i think i think it really ended up moving me that ending i thought it was great and i thought it was so funny i thought it was beautiful to look at and i i just i loved forky i loved woody becoming being like forky's forky's dad basically it kind of <laughs> keeping him from yeah from hurting himself like a parent will do and i thought that was really good and that's kind of his last gift to bonnie and to kids and i just loved it i thought it was great and uh, so there we go all right i won't get too into it though because for me it was a major disappointment this movie um i don't think it's at the level of the other toy stories at all and um and it also it just has this thing that it's become my big hurdle with Pixar over and over again, which is this, just how packed the movies are with like, I don't know, it just feels exhausting to me to watch the Pixar movie nowadays. It just has so much plot, so much, all these effects are so realistic that I come out of the movie exhausted. It's like, there's no, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I wish I, I like some movies with a, like a little downtime, with a little grace, with a little, you know, I don't know. Like a like a Miyazaki movie. Let's see, I lost you. Are you there? Okay. Yeah, I don't know what happened, but anyway, do you want to do you want to just start uh, with what you had to say about Toy Story Four? Yeah. Well, actually, I think I'm just gonna say uh, 
I was just going off about what I didn't like about Toy Story 4 and Rachel lost her connection. Very yeah. <laughs> so it seems like either the world is against me, bad talk, trash talk in Toy Story 4, or maybe Rachel is trying to pull some sort of con on me. <laughs> I'm just going to say it's my least favorite of the Toy Story movies. Then we'll leave it at that. Okay. Fair enough. I, I, I do think that it had those moments of, of quiet and, and contemplation. And so, yeah, I, I, I disagree. uh, But uh, clearly, obviously I really enjoyed it. So (laughs) we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Uh, Okay. So it did very well though at the box office. So, uh, way to go that team although actually i have a question about that do you think they feel it made almost what toy story 3 did at least uh-huh. domestically right yeah do you think that's going to be seen as a bit of a disappointment by the disney no considering the numbers from incredibles and finding dory no i don't see how any in any world how in making over a billion dollars on your fourth movie of your franchise how anybody sees that as a i guess a so and it's world, yeah one billion it's a worldwide it's pretty yeah yeah and, argue with that. and uh, you know very highly critically critically praised uh it i mean it's just a success on on basically every every way you can look at it so they i think they're thrilled with with that so uh so then we get to the number one it's the king of the, the box office is <laughs> the lion king and to be honest mm. i i mean obviously i knew it was going to be on top 10 but after i saw it and after i saw that my i just felt like nobody in my life liked it like i don't yeah. know i saw i felt whereas like in many people in my life really liked aladdin uh mm. and so i i don't know i was kind of surprised that it I thought, oh, this is going to open huge, and then it's going to kind of not be as big uh, after. But it it, it was yeah. still. I mean, <laughs> it's not, not the case. As, it's not as big as I thought it would be. For a while, I thought it was going to be huge, even bigger than uh, Avengers Endgame. But then wasn't the condition that people were actually going to like it. And I think I agree with you that I mean, my mom really liked it, but other than that, I haven't really heard anyone be super into the movie um most people have been complaining about it yeah i don't know i just was i just thought it was not great i thought it it they it really is a shot for shot remake and it's just fundamentally flawed concept of having realistic looking animals singing and dancing and uh, it, it just you don't have any emotional investment you don't cry when you're supposed to cry you don't uh it it's just i don't know it was not very good and uh, i ended up having it at 81 in my ranking mm-hmm. uh because that's more of a like sign that at least it did have some of that original stuff and the visuals were really stunning but i much preferred the jungle book uh which and it's interesting if you read uh, that John Favreau, like he wasn't satisfied with how realistic, I guess, the visuals were in Jungle Book, and despite the mean, you know, winning an Oscar and everything, he wanted it to look more realistic, which was mm. part of the problem because you can't have that. Ex- you can't have them doing all this unrealistic stuff if the point is to be realistic. 
So I, it, I don't know. It's frustrating, but yeah, it, it's a weird one for the top to box office, but there you go. Um, I guess, but it's not a weird one. I mean, uh, we both had it at number one going into the summer yeah, thinking that's true. Obviously it, it was expected to make a lot of money. It's just a weird case. Quality. A, yeah. A movie that people don't really love apparently uh, still makes a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. That was the, the box office. I already said that mine, the one that I had that didn't make the top 10 was rocket man. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you oof the ones that i had talk about underperformers um one of them was men in black international which is at number 12 outside the top 10 but only made 79 million yeah it was a big flop um, yeah and i think uh, talking about marketing i was actually kind of excited about it when i first heard it i knew you know tessa thompson chris hemsworth i like them both i think they're really funny i think they have good chemistry um, Emma Thompson was going to be in a supporting role. It seemed like it was going to be a fun movie, but then that same trailer playing over and over again, and it's it was just so really unfunny that it made me not want to see it, and I ended up skipping it. Yeah, I actually liked it. I uh, it wasn't the best, but I I really disliked the other Men in Black uh, sequels. And I thought it was fun. I watched it, and me and my friend had a good time. And I had it at forty-two well, in there my you ranking, so I'm in a minority. I actually gave it fresh. I I liked it, uh, but yeah. yeah, it didn't. It was definitely way underperformed. That's for sure. Yeah, and they had that number nine, and my number ten was probably the biggest underperformer of the year, Dark Phoenix, which mm-hmm. uh, only made sixty-five million, and. Yeah. Um, it seems not totally fair fight because it seems like it was kind of dumped by Disney, right? They really didn't want anything mm-hmm. to do with that movie because um, they have their own plans, I guess, for the X-Men in the future. And this friend, you know, this line, this series was over before the movie even came out. Yeah. And it is kind of lame because now they're use- using uh, in some of their stockholder meetings and things like that, using its failure as a way to cut things from fox and a way to uh it's a little not my favorite yeah. well <laughs> but, the, the whole fox disney thing it's yeah i don't know exactly what the plan is there except to have all the things that fox has already done in their library yeah and so uh, yeah it was people think they bought fox in, in order f- to have them in the marvel in the mcu to have the x-men that's not they bought it for the streaming services so they oh, have definitely. the library for sure yeah no there's no way you if you just want to get the exit there's no way you buy a whole studio yeah. for you know it's it's too much trouble to go through that just yeah. for the characters 78 billion dollars i mean uh mm-hmm. so yeah i have it at 88 it was really bad uh, in my opinion uh, it was very poorly done and just the, some, even some of the character choices uh i thought the performances I, jessica justin i she needs to find a new agent because she is just this she was so bad in it and i know she's a good actress but whew, it was not good and uh, uh everybody else was fine uh but it was just it was not good and so I have it at 88, like I said. So well, there, you go. there we go. Um, 
All right. I wanted to quick talk about the international box office because that was fun we did last year. And the end, we can't, there's no listing of the summer. So this is just for the year uh, for the international box office. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have at number 10, and ex- please excuse my terrible pronunciation of these Chinese mm-hmm. names, but it's uh, uh, Feng Quan De Hua Jing. Uh, and it's uh, translated, I guess, means crazy alien. <laughs> and it's, uh, a mon- it's a monkey trainer whose act goes wrong after an alien crash lands on Earth and injures his monkey. Desperate to perform the act, he attempts to train the alien instead. Though, uh, But then he's punished after the alien regains his powers. So it sounds like a okay. s- sci-fi film sci-fi of some comedy, kind. comedy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... There you go. And that's number 10. Uh, then actually, How to Train Your Dragon, Hidden World. It's pretty... Oh, wow. Big, okay. Yeah, worldwide hit there. So that's that's cool for DreamWorks. I like that movie personally. So, yeah, it uh, number nine. And then, in number eight, we have animated film, which I'm excited to hopefully see sometime. But it's Ne Jia Ji Mo Tong Jing Shi. Uh, and it's translated as Neza, the birth of the magic boy. Okay. And it's a Chinese animation. Chinese, yeah. Animation. And they've had some pretty healthy hits uh, over there uh, for China uh, with animation in the last two, three years. So it's kind of cool. Uh, but uh, yeah, so this is uh, the, it, it, the, the translation, I think, is a little confusing, but uh, it's the, it's, it's read. The Primus extracts a mixed uh, yawn bead into a spirit bead and a demon bead. The spirit okay. bead can be reincarnated in human to help uh, King Zhao establish a new dynasty. The demon bead will create a devil and harm the, harm the humans. Ne- Neja is the one who should be a spirit bead hero, but he becomes a devil incarnate because the spirit bead and the demon bead is switched. Okay. So some kind just of like some Google Translate <laughs> sort of thing going on there, but it seems to be like this. this yeah, there's an evil spirit and a good spirit, and there's yeah. like guys fighting between them. Yes, yeah, exactly. And the so this uh, this kind of a, a demon, but it's also kind of the hero at the same time. Maybe kind of like a Hellboy kind of situation a little bit. Maybe I don't know, <laughs> but it sounds intriguing. That sounds creative. Yeah, so. it sounds like a sort of epic uh, from the pictures that I'm seeing online. Uh, yeah, it looks like some sort of like epic adventure sort of thing. Yeah. So there you go at number eight. Uh, number seven is Toy Story 4. Mm-hmm. Number six is Aladdin. Yeah. And then uh, it number five is uh, Lu Long Di Kui, which is the Wandering Earth, which I've actually seen. Yeah, and me I, too, oh, you did? Yeah, I, it's Netflix. I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was over the top and crazy, and and uh, but there's still some heart there to me. I have it at 19 actually for the year. Oh, okay, that's pretty high. I was not, I was not as into it as you were. Um, it, it was strange. Maybe it wasn't the right mind space, but it felt like a real, it felt very bizarre to me to see like a, a foreign film trying to be a Hollywood blockbuster, right? Or trying to uh-huh. translate the language of, of Hollywood, like American 
movies into like a Chinese production, it felt strange. Like some of it felt original and some of it felt like it was trying to do American things, but it it was, I don't know. It was, it was a very I, strange experience. I just thought it had that spectacle and awe that, that you don't see that often done well uh, in a lot of Hollywood films. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, it's definitely like China literally saves the entire like galaxy uh not yeah. not just not just the earth it really well, saves everything uh but i don't know i kind of i felt like it was sort of like an, a michael bay movie but done done more palatable to me uh without the like right, racism right. and <laughs> sexism yeah, that, that, seems, that seems about right um yeah yeah it, it, that was also kind of interesting and, and funny in a way to see like you know a different government other than american like, yeah saving the world for a change <laughs> yeah right yeah so i enjoyed it uh, i thought it was pretty good but yeah that's interesting uh, I, hopefully people are at least maybe watching on netflix and getting a feel for uh the blockbusters of other cultures that would be mm -hmm. cool i think just yeah. to see it uh so yeah uh so then uh number four was captain marvel uh mm -hmm. number number three spider-man wow captain marvel was this year huh yeah <laughs> i just feel like it's been a long year already yeah yeah it it's true i have captain marvel at 32 in my ranking okay. um and uh and then i have how to train your dragon in world at 22 in my okay. ranking yeah this is me to talk about that uh and then spider-man far from home is number okay. three Mm -hmm. uh lion king at number two right. and avengers and endgame at number course. one yeah of course. so <laughs> all well, right yes so let's talk for a second about some hidden so Disney's also dominating the international box yeah mm -hmm. the only non-disney non-chinese movie is uh how to train your dragon right that i can see uh yeah well, i mean technically spider-man is sony but yeah that's not a sort of affiliated with disney yeah. uh yeah how to yeah. train your dragon that's kind of crazy uh so let's talk about some hidden gems real quick for the All summer right. uh, i actually had a lot um i loved the documentary maiden uh, about the first uh all-female uh sailors in the race around the world it was so well done new footage uh old footage great interviews i absolutely it's my number three for the year oh, okay. i love it uh, i love underdog sports movies whether documentary or uh, uh dramatized uh it's just one i, I just love it and uh yeah and i love blinded by the light it's just now come right. out disappointingly yeah. but hopefully people will go see it uh, oh, it's, it's not doing well no it opened at now at uh, just four million dollars which in 2300 screens was disappointing oh, yeah. yeah i really enjoyed it but uh but anyway uh i have it at number four uh i love yeah. the farewell which i have at five i, oh, I farewell i really liked yeah, um, yeah. and that is also you know, talking about Blinded by the Light and like indie movies have also been disappointing, you know, re relative to expectations this yeah. year for the most part. I remember there was a whole thing about Booksmart doing really badly at the box office. Oh, and, right. Yeah. You know, and, but the Farewell is actually one that's done pretty well for itself so far. Mm -hmm. It's got great per screen average and, um, you know, it's doing modest 
and on the big picture because it's a smaller movie, but it's doing what the numbers that are expected for it to do. So that's pretty good. Right. Um, yeah. And I think it's a good movie. Yeah, I especially, I, I do think it has some pacing problems, but on the uh, re- watching it again, I liked it even more on um, the second time just because of my life experience since I first saw it at Sundance you know both my grandmas have died uh so it definitely hit home big time when I watched it in July uh so uh and then uh the movie Shadow was a great great oh, film yeah. that's uh, a Zhang Yimou right mm-hmm. Chinese movie yeah yeah I heard that was good absolutely stunning cinematography incredible you know i love martial arts movies incredible uh fight sequences it was done in like very monochromatic style and so the blood was like bright red it seemed even the more red and it was really stunning to look at and i actually thought the story was quite good uh they did a love triangle that i actually felt for sometimes it could be a little confusing at parts uh but uh, but I think on a second watch, uh, that confusion would go away, you know, just with the trying to keep track of everything with subtitles and everything. Sometimes it takes me a couple of times, uh, but I had a, I've had a seven. It's one of my favorites of the year. Oh, okay. It's really good. Uh, and uh, then another one that I loved is Wild Rose. Uh, this is a movie about a girl from Glasgow who wants to be a country singer and uh, the lead performance, Jesse Buckley, is incredible. The songs were so good. And I think that Julie Walters was probably my favorite performance of the whole year as her mother. She was, oh, wow. Okay. She was, she was so good. And uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's fairly predictable as far as the story, but it was so well done. And I, I just, I loved it. I have it at eight okay. uh, of the year uh and uh, just a few others i'll just list off I-, I loved always be my maybe on netflix uh oh yeah i saw that one um keanu is really hilarious oh, in that movie. so funny i loved the ending was perfect i absolutely loved his ending speech to her it was so good and, you know i love rom-coms uh mm-hmm. so that's number 10 for me my uh i loved a little indie movie called american woman uh with sienna miller uh, I feel like Hollywood has a really hard time portraying working class women as anything but just sort of damaged. Uh, but this was a pretty nuanced uh, portrayal of this woman over many years of her life. Uh, and she faces tragedy and, and, and also good moments. Uh, it's got Aaron Paul playing her husband, who's great. Christina Hendricks is really good. Uh, I, I just, it's definitely a little hidden gem in my opinion. I have it at 12. Uh, and then uh, the Peanut Butter Falcon. I got to interview the director and the producer. Uh, this was a, a very sweet movie. Uh, kind of goes back to sort of a Huckleberry Finn kind of a feel uh, about this uh, Shia LaBeouf uh, and uh, this kid with Down syndrome uh, go on this sort of journey, this road trip together. It was really sweet. I really enjoyed it. Okay. And I have it at 13. And, uh, and then, uh, late night, I really liked, it didn't do well at the box office. That was a big flop. That's another one that didn't do well, but I also saw that and I liked it quite a bit too. Mm -hmm. I, I really, I thought it was funny. I thought it was sweet. I thought the performance is really good. I have it at 15. 
And then finally, my last choice was the Creature Scares movie Crawl, which was so much fun. Uh, it, it knew exactly what it was trying to be, in my opinion, and I thought it executed it really well. It was really tight. It uh, they executed. I thought both of the performances were good. And uh, yeah, I just really enjoyed fighting those gators. <laughs> oh man, that's the movie that I the most wanted to see that I couldn't. I just uh-huh. had, was so busy when it was playing, and I and I didn't get around to it. But I really wanted to see Crawl. That yeah. was really fun. Yeah, it was really fun. I have it at seventeen uh, for my ranking. So there you go. That's some of the surprises. Did you have any others that you got to see? Um, or surprising. I gotta say, not very few movies that I. I mean, there's a bunch of movies that I really liked this year, and very few of them came out in the summer. And the ones that I did, you've already mentioned. I mean, I really liked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but I wouldn't call that a hidden gem. Um, uh, I guess The Farewell is probably the one movie that I saw this summer that I that I liked the most, other than Hollywood. Um, I thought that was really touching and really well acted and very um uh, unexpected and some of the things that he wanted to say and uh, so i really enjoyed that movie it feels very interesting I'm, I'm really looking forward to what the director lulu wong this is her second movie and i know she's already planning a third um and i'm looking forward to see what she does yeah me too uh definitely for sure it shows a ton of potential and aquafina did such a great job Phoenix, I, great. and the uh, the actress i don't know how to pronounce her name i think it's zhao zhuzhen who plays nai nai the grandmother mm-hmm. was she really was good. so good she's probably my favorite supporting actress this year um mm-hmm. so far um she was so so good yeah did you get to see rocket man i did i did and that was um that was okay um i enjoyed the first half of it better than the second i have to say Although mm-hmm. it was it was pretty fun, um, I just I just yeah. think it was like a little long. And the thing with these musical biopics, even these this one that was doing something very original and unexpected with the musical numbers, is that the the plot is always the same. You know, the guy it starts out as a prodigy, then they get famous, then they get to drugs and have their rock bottom, and then they come out of it. It happens yeah. to every one of them, and you just can't. It's really hard, yeah. hard to fight that yeah i mean that's true but i don't know i was just so dazzled by it i thought it was so creative and so uh and had such heart to it and yeah very creative and and very very nice musical numbers yeah very fun especially so, towards the beginning yeah yeah i actually have it at six i really enjoyed it i thought it was really just breath of fresh air in a genre that can be very stale i agree so there you go that's kind of the summer so let us know what you thought of the box office hits but also if you have any hidden gems that you enjoyed uh let us know in the comment section or on twitter we'd love to hear your thoughts and uh so conrad where can people find you Right. People can find me uh, on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Coco Hits New York. And that's probably the best place to find me. You can go to my blog, letterbox, etc. from there. Great. Yes. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes and YouTube and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out and uh, consider becoming a patron to the to the channel we have our patron facebook group which is a lot of fun 
and we'd really appreciate it. All the information is in the description uh, below. So check that out and we will uh, we'll get together and talk again soon.